This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence where I give you real agents inside real agencies giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. As you know, my name's Jason Cass and I am glad that you are here with me. I don't know when you're listening to this. I will let you know that I'm recording this on April 2nd. It is Good Friday. Um, I probably shouldn't be working, but... Hopefully you know that this is not a job to me. I truly, truly enjoy doing this for you and doing this for this industry because as you know, I do what I do because I do it for you to tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. Thank you once again for being a listener. I also want to encourage you to go to Spotify or wherever you're listening to this and make sure you follow us. Some places say subscribe, some say follow. Following's free and following means that you are helping us understand the impact that we're providing you. So thank you very much for all you do. I want to talk to you about a couple things today. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about happens to be our network. I'm not going to go along on that, but I kind of want to update you. You're a loyal listener. Some of you have been loyal listeners for a year. Some of you guys have been loyal listeners for three, five years. And no matter how long it is, it's awesome that you're investing time in us. So I always want to be trying to think, how can I deliver more value? How can I deliver? As my buddy Bradley Flowers told me, when he told it to me, it made, um, it made complete sense. Impact. It's the, about the impact we're providing, and you're showing us by being a loyal listener, and I want to keep in, uh, providing that to you. So as you kind of noticed, we have brought on many other podcasters. I want to talk to you about that. And then I also want to talk to you about the Great Separator update. Now, a lot of you know what the Great Separator is. A lot of you don't know what the Great Separator is. I encourage you guys to maybe go back and listen to some of my podcasts. You'll probably see where it says the Great Separator, or you can just search it in Google with my name or Agency Intelligence or Agents Influence, and you'll be able to find it. But I want you to know that this is something that's very important to me is the Great Separator. And I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of questions as to, Jason, when are you going to write that book? When are you going to finish that book? Um, I wish I had an answer for you, but I do today. I think I can give you some guidance on what I'm thinking and where I'm going with this. And, uh, you know, I'd like to get a little feedback from you. So those are the two main things I want to talk about today. As you know, I may go flying off the left field or right field or straight up in the air, but I promise you I'll always come back. I may not even remember where to come back to, but we'll be back on one of these two subjects. The network we are creating is Agency Intelligence Podcast Network. And what does that mean? It's a network of podcasts. You know, my mentor told me a long time ago, a lot of terms, especially insurance, are not very tough if you just think about what the word means. So Agency Intelligence Insurance Podcast Network means 
that we're providing a place for you to go and find the podcasts that are relevant to our industry and to your life and your business. And so rather having them than all the places, you can still subscribe to any of these podcasts that I'm that are in the network or you can subscribe just simply to, which many of you, many of you are, Agency Intelligence, um, that news, that feed, and it's going to give you all of them. It is a reason because, you know, the more content we produce, the more impact we make because we see the numbers and we hear the stories and we get the feedback from you. And when we hear that stuff, we realize we need to create more content. So I've been bringing on some special guests, as you know, Mitch Gibson, you guys are probably, maybe it's already out, maybe it's not, probably not, but Mike Crowley is doing a series, is going to do a series on uh, relationships, agency relationships, agencies, not relationships so much, but agency family agencies, I should say, and, and the struggles that you guys have all went through and that you do go through currently and to try and change and adapt. And some, some of the stuff we're going to talk today on The Great Separator up Update. But what's important, and this is and this is vital, is that we're trying to create podcasts with many different viewpoints. For instance, Caitlin Agar in the Age of Independence, you know, she's a mother, she's a business coach, she's a mega startup coach, and she helps people deliver the things that have taught her how to write millions of dollars in premium every month something I'm not really good at, especially when it comes to personal lines. And she helps talk that both sides of that fence with the captives and the independents being on both sides. Joshua Lipstone with Explain This Book to Me. I brought that because I know that books are interesting and they're good to us. And it seems like we take a book and we read it and we pass it on to the next. A lot of us will actually get excited about how many books we can read. Benjamin Dennehy, uh, the UK's most hated sales trainer, says he reads one book a year and he dissects and does and institutes and puts into practice so many things inside that book 15 books you read and do a couple things or one book and do a lot i don't think one's better than the other i think they both have their advantages and their disadvantages but benjamin dennehy the uk's most hated sales trainer you ought to check him out because he's going to be at brainshare you can go to aibrainshare.com you can get an invite and find out more about that but he's going to be there for three days passing the microphones. He's a riot. It's going to be a great time. But Joshua Lipstone is able to bring authors and bring um, people who have taken time to write books for you and I to help better us in breaking those down. I thought that was an avenue that, that you know, would be interesting. And it has been. Josh's podcast has been ginormously successful, way bigger, honestly, than, than I really expected it to be such a short time. We brought on Ryan Hanley now. You can still find him at the Ryan Hanley Show and every place it's been, but he's now played on our network so that we then can once again, bring on and organize in one spot the power of trying to give you a voice and projecting it around the world. Next, we're going to be bringing on, you're going to find out Charles Specht as he does Millionaire Producer. Um, this guy is electric. I know you guys already know him. He's going to be doing a podcast where he's going to be talking literally and teaching how to sell commercial insurance right on the podcast but most and awesome as well he's going to do another podcast which is going to be on the network as well under the same name but it's going to be from the positioning of him talking to buyers right how what does the buyer think 
And I think this is going to be interesting because that's going to bring a flavor that no one has. And then soon we're going to have a guy like I like to call Jinx. James Jenkins is going to be joining us. That's right. You heard it here for the first time. James Jenkins is going to be doing one, which I believe he settled on a name, but because he hasn't, I'm not going to, he hasn't told me officially that I'm not going to say his name of what he's going to be doing, but he's going to be talking about his expertise as a captive and then what he's learned as an independent. Um, I don't want to steal his thunder, but when you hear his story and understand where he was two to three years ago, he predicted where he would be today. And he journaled about it the whole time. Interesting. This guy's going to bring an interesting concept. And then we're also going to bring back our guy, Mitch uh, Richmond, or Mitch Gibson. Mitch, I am telling you what, I, I get that guy's name wrong all the time. And because I have a friend named Mitch Richmond, Mitch Gibson, he's going to be coming back and he is going to be um, doing some stuff when it talks to the youngers and more of the younger agents. And we've got some other things planned for the future, not to mention um, you're going to start realizing and you may realize in a couple weeks coming on is David Crothers and his Power Producers podcast. Now keep in mind, you can still find David. You can still find these people on their own platforms. But we're bringing them now in as part of the AI network to strengthen us as agents, us as agency owners, our relationships we have with our vendors, and just showing that we are a force to do what we said as loyal listeners we would do a long time ago. And that's giving a voice to those who have no voice so that we can keep forward change and momentum in the greatest industry God ever created. That's all we're doing. And I want you to know that that's the plan and that's where we're going. And the best thing that you can do for us, any of us, is just to share our message in our podcast with other people. That's all that we can say. Because the best thing that we can do is get everybody on the same page, going the same way, and then we're going to be able to achieve those goals faster. So I encourage that. Thank you very much once again for being a loyal listener. It really means a lot. The Great Separator. The Great Separator is a, is a big deal to me. The Great Separator, I'll abbreviate it, is something that came from customer service not being important anymore to it being the customer experience. We read and we talk about the customer experience all the time, but in 2014, 2015, when I wrote the book, I'm just telling you, no one was talking about customer experience, but I saw it. Here we are now, and I realize that from other agents doing the things that me, Ryan Hanley, Brent Kelly, and uh, hundreds other agents are doing out there and have taught other agents to do, I'm starting to realize now that the customer experience is not enough. There has to be more. And I believe it's customers' expectations and unexpectations that are going to drive that. But I believe also that the great separator is a lot more than that. Um, and that is what I have kind of learned in the last couple years. And when I say that, is that the, the, the way that I look at this has changed and morphed. First of all, when I talk about the great separator and I talk about what that means to our industry, it has changed a lot since I first thought of it. It was data people process. That is what drove us to what we are learning. And data people process was important because I believed it was those three main pillars that would be the driving force behind the great separator. 
what I realized was is that it those three things are dissected into so many other things that it's a lot deeper. Now, I could probably write a book right now that would be like, hey, it would be big to you guys. A lot of you guys would kind of understand it already and be like, hey, I, I'm already doing some of that stuff. But I don't know if you've put it together in your mind exactly what you're creating and what you can see in three to five years. Okay. So I think that I have put this together and I think that it's a pretty good guide. It's going to be wrong. It's going to be, it's going to, a lot of it, I believe, is going to be right because I'm already seeing it. But as I start to go through this, I realize this is just alone is not the great separator. The great separator is so much more. Um, so when I think about data, people, and process, I think of it as, as in four stages. Okay, so really, when you, when you do look, I'm looking over here at the presentation that I created. Agency intelligence is nothing more than another word for business intelligence. Business intelligence is something that is known in many other industries and is like, duh, you have to have that to be successful, except we don't really think that inside this industry very often because I don't think we understand the importance of it like we should. And so when we talk about business intelligence, it's a technology-driven process for analyzing data and presenting actionable information to help execute. Now, this is really, really important because when we talk about agency intelligence, it's the same thing. And I put a definition on agency intelligence of it being agency intelligence is a technology driven practice for utilizing data, people in process that allows insurance professionals to create a customer experience that anticipates, anticipates customers' expectations. Now, I came up with that after thinking about this a lot because in seeing it and how it's practiced in a lot of different agencies, listening to people who are way out there thinking differently and thinking I'm, they're doing stuff in the insurance industry. I'm thinking that it's not going to work. It's so crazy. And then thinking and looking at people and saying, how is that still working? It's so crazy and outdated and realizing that if I lay those two types of people amongst hundreds of them together, there's a certain matrix that starts to get laid as to what agency intelligence truly is. Okay. And so when I look at it and I look at it from a high level, data people in process happen to be the three keys. Now, what I want to do for this is I want to explain and at later time I will, I want to talk about people today. I don't want to talk about data. I don't want to talk about process because I believe data is going in places that if I go there, I need a whole podcast for it because it'll rock your mind. Think fantasy football. Think draft kings and then think of that in the insurance industry I'm serious process is important because we know that operations have to have that in order to grow so but for the for the great separator i want to put that aside for a minute i want to talk about people because me personally today i do not think for the future but today i think that people are the influential part of the great separator. Okay. So I have said before many, many times that there are going to be two different types of, of, uh, you're going to have people, you're going to have customers who can eliminate you 
create the great separator, separate you from the rest of the pack by being able to work with these certain type of people. You're going to have also internal employees that are going to be the detriment and downfall of your agency. Yes, your own employees are the ones that are going to possibly drive you to new heights or drive you into the ground. And really, you're in 100% control of that. You really, truly are. But I want to let us understand and know that people today expect different things. And those two types of people that can eliminate you, we had seen the one piece of the great separator occur recently. And that's called COVID. Now, once again, this is part of the reason why it's so hard to write the book, because people didn't perceive or think or envision COVID. Now, here we are a year later and we've learned a lot, but we've also learned that a lot of us were not prepared, just not in the insurance industry, but in a lot of industries, we were not prepared for how it was going to change our life. And in a way, all COVID did was make the great separator occur quicker. You'll notice those that were able to come through it were those who were already paperless. They had listened. Those who now was it's the bell curve, right? The bell curve says that you have your early adopters, then you have your herd, and then you have your late adopters. That's cool when it plays out over a normal time. But when it gets shrunk together and compressed together, together like an accordion, now all of a sudden that doesn't play so well. Because the early adopters were early adopters who actually become the herd. Because now that the herd is coming, the COVID has changed things so quickly to where you had to have a digital ecosystem or a slack of a teams. You had to have a sufficient AMS system. You couldn't have filing cabinets and depend on that because you had people working from home. You had to be able to have the operations and the technology to be able to work from home. Some of us couldn't work from home because we didn't have high speed internet inside uh, or where our, where our home may be. So a lot of different factors that sped that up. These are factors that early adopters had already dealt with over the last three or four years. So it gave them an advantage. It gave them a separation. See, it's these little separators is what changes it. Being able to give your employees the flexibility now that they want to come back. Is that okay to do? Is it not? What if you have employees that don't want to come back? Are you prepared to have that conversation? Because are you really going to give up talent so that they can be in the office? Wow, you're thinking that way, you're you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be separated quickly. So I think there's a lot of you that have also said a year ago you never could have anticipated yourself working like this. It's because of your people and their adaption to it. See, one of the things that I've learned, and I want to, and I want to talk about this. It has to do when I break down data people process. I broke it into four agency models. Okay, four agency models. One of them being classic. One of them being modern. One of them being hybrid, and the other being automated. Now I'm looking at them here on the screen over here, and I can just let you know. Well, I mean, I guess we could probably. If I do a little slideshow for all you listening, I apologize here, um, but you know this could possibly be something that could be very helpful to a lot of people. You can kind of see that if I show you the agency models, 
and where we're at, you can see here that this is the classic, that's the modern, that's the hybrid, and that right there is the automated. Now, I talk about these because I think that they're essential to who and what we are and where and where we're going and how we are as today. First of all, the classic is, is vital because a lot of us were that. These are the people that were separated. Little to no AMS, overstaffed, high walk-in, no automation, high expenses, little to no digital footprint, increasingly older clientele. And I put a weapon of choice at each one of these. For all you loyal listeners listening, I put a weapon of choice. And the weapon of choice for a classic agency model is to hire another expensive CSR. That's not working. And then the CSR that you are hiring, are they equipped to do the jobs that need to be done today, but also need to be done in the future? That then that starts to revolve in the data, the people or the data in the process, which we're not going to talk about today. So then when I look at the next model, I look at it as the modern agency model. That's great use of an AMS, low, low use of some kind of CRM, low staff, no walk-ins, low expenses, little automation used, increased pay and unlimited vacation, a digital footprint, outsourcing some service. So their weapon of choice though, loyal listeners, is what we call a CSR paired with outsourcing. Now, what I want you to see as we go through these agency models is that the weapon of choice is not expensive CSR or CSR paid with outsourcing. I want you to pay attention to what the weapon of choice is because the weapon of choice is something that you may not anticipate. The next agency model is hybrid. For all you people who have it on one and a half or two times, hybrid. See, now it sounds normal to them. Great use of an AMS. CMR or C, uh, CRM tools, very low staff, highly automated, highly outsourced, great digital footprint, little person to personal sales, option of QBI, quote, bind an issue, no service. Did you hear that? No service. And their weapon of choice in a hybrid agency model is a CSR paired with outsourcing and technology. Interesting, right? Yeah, I thought so too. So when I look at what that is and I look at and pay attention to that weapon of choice, that gets interesting again because that's the important part. And the last model, which I have to say is there, and there's agencies here, they're just not exactly known yet and they don't realize that they're this model and it's the automated model. And I bet you in proportion to classic to automated as the classics fade, the automated increase only because it pushes those to modern into hybrid and hybrids into automated. That's my thought. An automated agency model has no AMS system. Yeah, I know. No staff, no service, very low expenses, quote, bind an issue. Marketing is their only expense and it's an all digital footprint. Here's their weapon of choice. No CSR, technology and outsourcing is what it is. Technology and outsourcing. 
So we went from a classic, which was hire another CSR to the modern, which was CSR paired with outsourcing to a hybrid model of the CSR paired with outsourcing and technology to the weapon of choice for an automated being no CSR technology and outsourcing. This tells us that the weapon of choice is discipline. I have never heard it explained better than Billy Williams when he said there are four types, four types, Jason, there are four types of discipline. One is self-discipline. It's the worst of all of them. One is accountability. It's discipline of accountability with another person. The third one of the third form of discipline is technology. And the fourth form of discipline is outsourcing. I was taught that a long time ago, but I never put it together until after I had done this many times that the weapon of choice is nothing other than discipline and our discipline as an industry blows. That means that part of the great separator is discipline. I didn't think of that two years ago or a year ago, but as I think about this and I see it evolve, here's one of the difference loyal listeners. When you're thinking of a hybrid or a model or a, a, a I'm sorry, a classic, a, a modern, a hybrid or an automated model, here's what you're really thinking and what you're really saying here. We're trying to change. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Daniel Burris, which is a future a futurist, which was on our podcast uh, twice now, said, Jason, if agencies continue to change, they're going to get left behind. And when he said that, I thought to myself, like, what would that mean? Like, how? what, what is that? Well, what does that mean? But now it comes because when I look at these, I don't see a lot of agencies today. Another form of the great separator is that I don't see them transforming. I see them changing. And I go back to what Daniel says. And I think of that as what we do as a modern insurance is we just try to find discipline of a CSR paired with outsourcing. And then we try to use technology, which is the weapon of choice of a hybrid CSR paired with outsourcing. But yet we don't want to become highly automated or have a great digital footprint like a hybrid does. We want to do it over here like a modern. Now you may say, well, Jason, we're slowly transforming. No, you're not. You're doing nothing but changing your weapon of choice, which is your discipline. And that has what has always gotten you by. You just never realized it that we then all of a sudden the weapon of choice was fax instead of mail, right? Maybe then it was email instead of mail. 
Maybe it was Zoom meetings, all these different things. Maybe it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, cell phones. These things became technology, which became forms of discipline and outsourcing of the marble box, the agency VAs, those type of people out there. Now as those morph and those become part of our agency, tentacles and fabric that is weaved into our agency, this form of discipline now has to be changed and realized that it's not just hiring another person. That's not the form of discipline we need because all that does is create self accountability in uh, our uh, self discipline and maybe self accountability with somebody else. But that's not what you need. You need technology or you need outsourcing. So what I see is, is inside these agency models, you must transform from a classic to a modern or a modern to a hybrid. If you want to stay relevant in 20 to 30 years, if you want to stay relevant in the next five to 10 years, you can continue to change and you'll stay ahead of the curve because we have this thing called residual income. And I won't go off on that rant, but all of this is not even relative if we didn't have residual income because the great separator would be what it is for all of capitalistic society which is the best win those who are more willing to adapt are going to be those who win those who separate themselves in business win it's not that way so much with us as agency owners because we're we're protected and we're supported by our bad ideas or our wild chases of the next shiny object that allows us to be able to still do that because we have residual income. I believe that this is important. I also want to let you know that part of the new part of where I'm thinking of a great separator is where I think as the relevancy of just not the agency model that is being shown, but is also the relevance of what type of business from a higher level model, meaning of a, uh, a philosophy. Today we have a very strong non-standard, right? And we have a very good um, uh, preferred standard market. Let's just say that. One, as we know, is not better than the other. There, loyal listeners, there's some of you listening right now that have what we call non-standard shops, and you guys are highly successful. There's no doubt. I also know that there's a lot of you that are just absolutely miserable. Um, I also know that that's the way it is on the standard and preferred side. We have people who are just fantastic and excited and not. But let's look at them from what they do as a standard or non-standard. And let's try to think about what that great separator will look like as they start to evolve. I have an idea that I believe that it'll be non-standard versus standard. And I believe that the risks are going to start look different with the use of data. Now, I'm not going to talk about that into data into this, but I believe that the risks are going to be different. So you're going to be able to use data as a preferred standard market that is going to try to get the rate so down to near the penny that you will become very volatile as opposed to non-standard carriers, which usually charge more of a higher rate because they know that preferred or standard carriers do not want them, but they also know because they do have a risk, any other company that's going to quote against a non-standard is usually going to have a high premium as well. It allows them to almost standardize in blanket rates rather than actually individualize them for different counties or cities or regions like sometimes of our regionals do, 
right? So when you think about that, think about that. I think the standard market, the preferred market is going to go away from personal lines. Personal lines will not go away, even with the automation, uh, you know, autonomous vehicles. Yes, it's going to greatly change, but there's going to be new things that are going to come in and fill in its void. It just seems like that there always does. New things create new risk, which create new products. That's just the way that that is. And I, I think we're short-sighted in the fact that we can't see that, which is, which is okay, right? We didn't think cyber would be such a big deal 10, 15 years ago, but it's a huge deal today, like ginormous deal, one of the most undersold things that's out there. Um, but that's there. I believe the standard market will be more commercial and niche-driven. So you will find more of a personal lines in a non-standard environment, which I'm, which I believe that preferred lines will be written by a non-standard. I think a non-standard, we should change the name, will be more of what we call a preferred lines market, which will be able to hold per standard and preferred lines. I think you're going to start to see a lot of carriers start to go preferred and non-standard lines as well, because they need to be able to grasp both sides of that it's it's what progressive has become really good at so they, they the carriers know that it can be done so as you in a standard thinking okay we want a better type of client we want um you always think okay we want someone who is high net worth that's what we want well that's great but being able to find those high net worth is going to be requiring of data that's not going to be able to allow you to be a classic or even a modern agency. It's going to be, have to be a highly automated, highly data-driven agency. So I believe the people that are inside of these are what are going to drive you. You're going to have a very dominant. I think right now, including me and my agency, we try to have a nice split as an agency of so much commercial, so much personal. I firmly believe that's an old thought. I do. I think it's hard for me to even get my agency to, to think that way, even my business partner, but I believe it's an old way. I believe you're going to be into personal lines or you're going to be into commercial lines. It's one of the reasons why progressive, and maybe they'll change in the future by using data, they're very light and little in commercial because they realize that they're a personal lines company. They almost have to go buy another company and become somebody else because they're so good at what they do. There's a lot to be learned by that. There's a dang lot to be learned by that. And that's where I believe that other carriers will go. So I think you will see what we call today non-standard, more driven into the um, uh, personal lines, because I believe that the risk is different for them. And I believe the data is going to be huge. I believe the standard is going to be more commercial and niche driven. I think that's where you will say in non-standards, this means nothing. I'm just saying, I think you will see more of the suit and tie more of what society labels today as more of the professional image, you know, um, which it doesn't. I wear jeans to work almost every day until I'm going out to see somebody. And then, yeah, then I am GQ. But besides that, more of that professional, which lies in that niche. Okay. So I really think that's big. That has to do with the people that you're going to have. The people that you're going to have have to be able to relate and serve that type. Your centers of influence are going to be huge with personal lines, but centers of influence are big with commercial lines, but not in a lot of different uh, dis, um, uh, types of business. Okay, Not in a lot. That, that's not as big. So the different types of personalities and the producers and the CSRs that you're going to have, that is very, very big. I don't want to go into it right now, but diversity is going to be huge in that. 
I have one thing that I want to share with you guys when it comes to diversity. And I think diversity is probably one of the most important things when it talks about people. But I really want us to understand where I come from when I think about diversity. I, I think of race. Yes. Okay. Because with us becoming a multi-racial um, uh, country, I mean, it was just unbelievable melting pot of races. I was just down in San Antonio and the Hispanic and Latino community down there is just, is really, really thick. It, for, for me living in Southern Illinois or just going to Florida and not actually going sometimes far South, you sometimes don't realize that. And I started to think about that and how that affects agencies down there and how how that starts to affect America and the different types of things we need and the different types of people we need in there. But I also think in a um, in what I believe is important is is in gender. I believe that women are going to have a very, very, very big, powerful say in society. I believe that women are going to have an unbelievable role in our government. Uh, if you've probably heard me say this before, I think in the next 200 years, we'll have more women presidents than we do men. And I strongly believe that. Um, I believe that I think I see probably two in my lifetime and I'm 42. So, um, but I also like plan on living to, to be like real old and stuff like that as long as I can keep. All right. Anyways, um, as long as I can just keep getting around, right? As long as I can keep getting from point A and point B and I don't need my kids all the dang time to take care of me, I think, I think, I think I'll be good. But you have to think about women and where they are in society. When you think about women and you think of their characteristics, you think of people who are a lot uh, very understanding. They're humans that are multitasking. They are humans that are very compassionate. They are humans that are very open about sharing and about communication and about being real. These are about feelings. These are the things and the characteristics of a lot of different humans, but they're really specific to those of the gender of a woman. And I believe that that's important. I really, really, truly do, because I think it's important for us to understand in leadership how that can be different. How we've lived in a world ruled by men and we have a lot of wars and a lot of people who declare territory is theirs. And if you come into my part of my territory, you're going to get harmed or even killed. I don't believe that that's necessarily how women work. I don't believe that there will be that type. I be believe it'll be about the characteristics of what they have about caring and sharing and compassion. Listen, if we live in the world, if we operate in the greatest industry God ever created, I don't know about you, but I'm willing to bet 80 to 90% of agencies are ran by women. If we have one of the greatest industries in the world because the way we're paid on residuals, those renewals are usually handled by women. Ever really think about that? If they're responsible for 85 to 90% of the work that goes on, do you not think that that justifiably means that maybe we might have the greatest industry God ever created because of women? And as they become leaders and they start to guide the ship more, don't you think that that's going to lead to a different type of agency? It does. I was raised by a single woman. 
I, I know the strengths. A lot of you loyal listeners know that my mom is a great, fantastic person because she was able to stretch a dollar a mile, um, you know, and, and get me and my sisters. My mom was also meaner than shit, you know, and she taught me a lot about discipline, not business discipline, as we spoke of before, but discipline in my life. Um, she, she really taught me a lot, not like my uncle Ray, but my, but my mom was obviously a huge factor and I saw her do the things that few people can do. So as I go through life, I tend to maybe have a little bit more of a recognition or eye towards the things that women do. And it's just weird, but now I see it playing out in the greatest industry God ever created. So I believe once again that people and diversity is going to be essential to the great separator. Those who can't understand how to deal with this. I, I will just let you know that uh, um, we have people in our office that don't declare gender. I would have never thought that we would have that in our office or in a business in Centralia or Edwardsville, Illinois, five years ago, but we do. And the best commercial tech that God has given us in a long time, um, I don't want to say commercial account, senior account manager or anything like that. I'm talking someone who is a technician that is great at, at assisting commercial line senior account managers. That's them. So... It's great, but we've had to learn how to deal with that. And, and I think that that's what we have to do. And what's amazing is, is to the younger generation, this is just part of life, just part of life. There's a lot to be learned. So I, I really do believe that people are our greatest factor. I, I, I've got uh, a lot of other different things that I want to throw into, the, uh, into what I believe is the great separator. I believe that there's the great buys of the aggregators and what they're going to do um, over the next uh, four, five, six, ten years. I believe I have a whole thought on how the great separator will come as far as credit scoring. I've given that a lot of thought. I think that that's going to be gone here um, probably in the next five to ten years. And I believe also that premium is going to lose its luster and lose its value as an agency. I believe that you'll always have a value of your agency, but I think when there's other ways that carriers can pay you, it's justifiable for them to say, today you make 15% commission, but with these other things in your agency that provide us value, maybe we're willing to pay you for them. And if you add up the revenue you get from us and you add up for commissions and you add it up on a percentage, we're giving you a relative of 25 to 30% what would be seen as commission. So what we need to do to be a player is we're going to drop you to 20%. So we're still going to pay you for these new things that help us make money. And we're going to pay you less on the premium. Now, how does that hurt agencies that have not invested in that? How did they hurt agencies that have not been working with carriers to create that, that other, those other things that are going to be of value in their agency, right? The reason why you don't think of this stuff is because you don't assume that there's ever going to be anything else in your agency that's going to determine its value other than the revenue of it. it, it it's true. The top line of your P&L, absolutely is going to be it. 
but also on your assets of the data you own and collect is going to be important. It's going to be a top line revenue generator, but it's also going to be a value on the asset of your balance sheet. So, so when we have it as a top line revenue generator and we start to see that agencies like me are making more money and actually selling less insurance, yes, less insurance, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. I don't know. These are just some of the things that have come into my, as I look through my book here and some of my notes, those are some of the things that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the great separator update around people. I believe people today are going to be the separator that's going to kill you. And it's not the people so much of your clients. We know that that separator is coming. We know that their demands are changing. We, we know that. Okay. But what's going to also kill you is the fact that you can't dissect what type of client it is for your agency. That's going to hurt you. When you can't dissect the type of client that you are, the prospect for your agency, and you haven't drilled out and delivered that picture, Another problem you're going to have is, is that you're going to have unhappy people in your agency. And when you have unhappy people in your agency, now they're not going to go tell you. When I say people, I talk about clients, excuse me, the other was prospects. Now that you have unhappy people in your agency, they're not going to go tell other people about you. So therefore your referrals are not going to be as good. And when your referrals aren't as good, now you now are having lower closing ratios and you're now having to pay producers a percentage with a lower closing ratio in order to make revenue. So you need to keep your people happy, keep being innovative so that they do tell others about you and you don't have to pay producers as much and you're going to have a higher closing ratio. Then you think about the people in your office as in your employees. And think about how they are structured and how their livelihoods are. But think about also the job they do. I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I should hire a VA because I don't know if I have work for them. Why don't you give your people worth? Give your people worth in what they're supposed to be doing today. High level people. You got to keep in mind, you're hiring, you're hiring the millennials, the most educated generation to come through by far. All this student debt loans that we talk about have generated a lot of debt, but it's generated a very, very educated group of people. Now, the type of education we need today is not necessarily what the business demands, um, but that's, that's another time for another person. But are you getting the type of people that are going to be educated enough to mine data and to do the things that need to be done other than just writing premium in your agency or selling premium in your agency or doing service work in your agency. Are you looking for those type of people? Because when we go back to the type of agency we have, when we have multiple forms of revenue coming in other than just your commissions from your carriers, now it allows me to create a better work environment and pay where someone may pay 60000 I can pay seventy five. Guess what happens? When I can pay seventy five, I start to draw, draw in the better people. Today, that's not that way because the average agencies all have the same revenue that comes off about the same splits, so they can pay generally about the same thing. When you have multiple forms of revenue coming in, which is more part of the data conversation of this, you can start to see that you are going to have an advantage and you're going to be able to spend more. 
And not only are you going to be able to spend more, but not only you're going to get a higher educated person that's going to be able to help you generate the forms of revenue you have to increase them, just not increasing one. Therefore, you may be paying them more, but you're actually making three times as much as paying the person that's making 60000 So what happens when these good agencies like myself start to get those great employees? We start to shed the employees that aren't able to do it. And your demise and your separation starts to happen really, really fast. You haven't generated different forms of income. You haven't transformed your agency model. Your people are unhappy. You're having to hire producers and pay more commissions. You're having to your people uh, uh, that are your employees, which are your greatest asset, are, are now leaving. You're now getting people that may not fit you the best, but it's what you have always been. So maybe they do fit you because they're leaving other agencies and they're the ones who didn't want to change or transform. So these are the things that I talk about because... We've always talked about technology in The Great Separator, and we just witnessed that with COVID, how fast that was sped up. And I think we're getting ready to witness the evolution over the next three years of data that is going to absolutely transform this in ways technology never has. It is going to transform it so fast that COVID is going to be a blink or actually, excuse me, is going to be a very long process because it's going to change just like that. And then when it does, it might be too late. I really mean that. I'm not a gloom and doom, but I'm telling you right now, I know, I don't know the exact amount, but I know a lot more than a handful of agencies that are selling now. And that's another thing too. I've been thinking about this. This is a newer thought. But you're going to start to see a lot more agencies and a lot more mergers and acquisitions over the next year to two years. And the reason is, is because those people suffered during the uh, COVID. But because of residual income, they were able to keep going. If it wouldn't have been for residual income, they would have been out of business because they wouldn't have had any sales after the first month. But because of residual income, they were able to hold on. You're going to start to see those people as they steady out, start to sell their agencies. They're selling because they're now realizing that they should have heeded the warnings over the last three to five years and been prepared to be as something as simple as able to work from home. That's what killed agencies. That was part of the great separator that I never saw. I saw that happening, but I didn't see it happening in 12 months. And so the data that is coming is going to be quicker than that when you see how fast it's going to change. And so that's another one that I'll do as another update. But I wanted to talk to you about your people because today, in today's world, your people are your greatest asset. And I hope that you realize this, and especially as there's less young um, people in the insurance industry, you're going to start to see more diversity. I'll close with this. One of the things that you can do about diversity in your office is really, really easy. I remember when I first heard that the NFL was declaring that if you were going to hire a head coach, I believe you had to interview one, maybe two um, uh, minority coaches. And, and today they always talk about a, an African-American coach. Okay, but really it's yeah, they have to um, uh, interview a certain, a certain amount of minorities. When I first heard this, um, 
I don't know how long it's been, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I thought to myself as a young person, like, how wrong is that? They're, they're making that happen. And, and how wrong was it that it was so short-sighted of me? And I think we're all very guilty of being short-sighted in things. And I'll, I'll express mine. Because I thought to myself, in a society where people can own their own business, they should never be told by the government as to what they have to do. But I do realize as I get older that there's sometimes we can make our own decisions and we can have our own free will, but it takes someone else outside of us to show us and literally push us in a certain way, like a mentor would do, to be able to see things differently. What's amazing is when you look at how many African or minority Amer uh, coaches there are in the NFL after that rule, then before that rule, you'll see that that was a great rule. No one said they had to hire them. All they had to do was interview them. Think of that and think how it changed. What that tells me is, is that those people, that not those people, minorities have all along been able to have the skills to be where they should be today. But it was people who are not racist, who are not biased. They just don't know any better until they were forced to say, at least interview them. And then they get, we're given a chance. That's what diversity is. That's a simple thing that you can do in your agency to make it more diverse because it's a ginormous strength of the people that you're going to be looking for in the future. I hope that you enjoyed this because this has been agency intelligence where I give you real agents, me inside a real agency. This is my studio giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass and I'm out. Are dropped calls and poor voice quality slowing down your business communication? It's time you switch to a solution that keeps the team connected seamlessly. Introducing Lightspeed Voice, your gateway to a revolutionary VoIP system designed to elevate your business communications to the next level. With Lightspeed Voice, you get more than just a reliable connection. You get feature-rich system that adapts to your business needs, whether it's video, conferencing, virtual voicemail, or call forwarding. Lightspeed Voice, they've got you covered. They got my agency covered at the Insurance Alliance. Worried about the transition? Don't be. Lightspeed Voice offers a seamless integration, making the switch to our VoIP system a breeze. Our expert support team, that's what they're known for, is here to guide you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and efficient transition for your business, that's right. But that's not all. Lightspeed Voice is not just a communication tool, it's a strategic investment in your business success. It is. Save on your monthly communication costs while enjoying top-notch service. It's a win-win and it is, and you can put that money somewhere else. Don't let outdated communication systems hold your business back. Upgrade to Lightspeed Voice today and experience the difference. Visit our website or call now to schedule a demo and see firsthand how Lightspeed Voice can transform your business communications. Lightspeed Voice, where every word matters and your business is always in sync. Cass approved.